Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 243, recorded on December 14th, 2022, where John and Jason talk about the December 2022 Power BI updates, which include slicer type formatting move to format pane, making it easier to do comparison calculations, and upcoming changes to the Get Data experience in the Power BI service. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? John, I'm doing pretty well, you know, rounding in on the end of the calendar year here. The only downside of that is uh, my office is going to be invaded here pretty shortly by uh, an almost teenager, a teenager and a school teacher. So oh, that'll be uh, fun. You know, I've already I've already thought about the fact that there's a Microsoft office around the corner from my house where I can go anytime I need. I think you. I think I might be talking to you from that office a few times over the next. I few have years. a funny feeling, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. Like uh, you know, we just got back from this massive road trip. I was gone for two weeks, back oh. home for a week and a half with school, and then the kids are off. At some point, they may go do some road trippy stuff. You know, my mom has a big birthday tomorrow. So Ooh. looking forward to celebrating a change of, uh, of decade with her. So happy birthday, Steffi. There we yeah. are. So we're, uh, we're going to do something to celebrate her. Meanwhile, uh, you know, it's, uh, I have one more flight. I have to take John. I'm almost at one K for next year. Oh, you're doing a mileage run. I'm $135 off of one K for next year. <laughs> and I called yesterday and I was like, Hey, you know, can I just pay you? We, we've been in this relationship for quite a long time. <laughs> is there something, you know, can I just give you some money? Like, is there, how do we do it? Do it? They said, if you were within a hundred dollars, we would just give it to you. Okay. But because you're at 135, you have to board an airplane and go somewhere. You know, and a sensible person would just say, oh, yeah, yeah, just pay the money. What? Who cares? There should be a, me- there absolutely should be a mechanism to do that. There's not. And it has to be done by December 31st. Oh, so, of course it does. You know, if I were a little bit, if it was a little higher, I'd just fly up and visit you for a night, but it's $135. Like, where that's are you going to go from? I think I'm going to go get a cup of coffee in the Houston airport. It's what's going to end up happening. You're going to fly uh, from, from San Antonio to Austin and back? <laughs> pretty much, you know. <laughs> that's what I, you know. Uh, uh, but in order to do that, John, I'd have to go through Houston. So I'm probably just going to. Okay. I'm looking for nonstop destinations that I can get to <laughs> and, and get there. Like, it's the problem is that there's no $135 flight. So, no, of course not. Of you course know, not. I have other options. Like, I may go visit my niece for lunch one day. You know, that's an option. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, who, who knows? But any, any which way you slice it, we're doing some really cool international stuff next year. So I want those upgrades that come along with that 1K status. So that's yep. the real driver behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's it, you're right. I mean, uh, had that flurry of travel just now. We've got, it'll be quiet. I've got some uh, fun travel to take in February, March, and then it'll be a crazy flurry again come I guess May, it's early May. End of May, and, uh, yeah. End of May, we go to ECS. That's the start. Then DC yep. and probably a trip to Dublin is what I'm understanding. Yep. It's, uh, it's on the it's on the books. So That's how it looks, and I got Slovenia in there as well. So yes, you do. I haven't decided on that one yet. We we have to yeah have to talk to Branca and and all those things. But 
John. Mm-hmm. We're rounding in on our end of year. And so this is, uh, we actually have some news we're going to cover off today. We have the Power BI December 2022 feature summary mm-hmm. to talk about. And then we actually have uh, probably one more news segment left in us this year. And then we're going to do our traditional sort of recap of the year. It's a little yeah. bit of a different one for us this year, just because of uh, of my job changing, your world changing. We've had a lot going on. And then we'll do our predictions episode. Well, I don't uh, know. Are you allowed to do predictions? Oh, sure. <laughs> They may be uh, they may be somewhat more informed now. <laughs> no, I, I I'm I'm going to go off the cuff. Like I'm oh, okay. I think I'll go a little bit of a different route. So well, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Should that, be that fun. We, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tease that any more than that. But we and we may join have have a guest or two coming up here in the new year. I've already been talking with some folks about who, who are going to come on the show and and shed some light on some new stuff that we're going to do in the new year, 2023. John, mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. There's a lot yeah, of great stuff. I think you're right. I think uh, you're right. I, I will say I think it's going to be a banner year for us. So we'll get to that later. Let's go ahead and talk about this uh, this December 2022 feature summary. Along with this comes a new version of the desktop. And for those of you who have not gotten green yet, or excuse me, teal. Yep. Now's the time because this is the second version of it. It's it's time to go ahead and do that. It'd be nice if this month was red, so to go along with the green and be all very Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, you could, John, conditional formatting will help you with that. Throw in some conditional formatting into your report. Okay, fair enough. Yes. I don't think I'm going to work that hard about it. No, I I have a funny feeling you're not. (laughs) Uh, But let's talk about this because I'll say it this way there's less. In this ver- in this update, than there was last month. Granted, we are coming in on the end of the calendar year. What you're trying not to say is that it's a light month. I'm not saying that, John. I know. Uh, you're, from a news, very hard not to say that. From a reporting section and from a modeling section, the number of items are fewer. Yep. You like how I did that, John? No- that was for that was just for you. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, it's fewer. It's not less. But there's a couple of notable ones here. And, and yeah, uh, these are worthy of discussion. So yep. let's dive into them. So the first one here is slicer type formatting moved to format pane. And, and, and to that, I say, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been bothered by this. I certainly have. Every the single time. Of I love slicers. I love slicers. Especially when you're working with date slicers, right? Because there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different ways you can go relative date and, and calendar, et cetera, et cetera. And you can't always get a handle on setting that formatting. And because it, it's the format for it, it was always in the slicer itself. That never made any sense to me. Yeah. Well, apparently that doesn't make any sense to the team now either because it's been moved to the format pane where it belongs. So you set the property of the slicer in the format pane. No longer is it really a user function. The, the, the designer sets it and explicit, basically explicitly sets its behavior. It's not going to be changed on the fly, which is, I think, exactly what you want. Yeah. I, well, I'll say it this way. I love slicers. I use them in almost every report that I create yep. uh, one, for, for one reason or another. I like to give people that interactivity. I know that we have the, the filter pane and all of that. I know like, but I like a, I, I like a slicer. I really like a slicer. And, and yes, it, it, slicers and filters do different things. I know that, John. Well, they do a lot of the same things too. But I mean, the filters really aim, and it's that's not exclusively true either. But it, it's more aimed at the designer of the report as opposed to the user of the report, where the where the slicer's right in your face, and you know, for for the user, that's that's yeah. kind of the way I look at it a little bit. I'm with you. My problem is is that I always, every single time, forget where this is. 
because I yeah. go looking in the format. Yes. That's where it belonged for me. Yeah. And now it's there. And what I'm seeing here is we actually get more than we've ever had before with this. Maybe uh, more options. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. It's much more obvious what you can do with it. So big kudos to the team. I, li I like this a lot. Yeah. And uh, the example you see on, on the, uh, on the blog post is calling out uh, the formatting for a date slicer, which probably has the most options. And, you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but the relative date and the relative time when you're working with a date slicer is awesome. I, I love that feature. Mm -hmm. But just remember, you always need to be working with UTC dates yeah. <laughs> because this, it works against UTC dates. Honestly, I run into this a lot where customers complain about their slicers not, not being dynamic. Like, I set it on the page and I do it this way and... The couple of different reasons, like they've, they've hard coded those things. They've, yeah. they've written DAX in the background instead of using the slicer functions. Yeah. And they're not using UTC time. So yes. that's part of the problem is when you're dealing with that, like going after UTC time, but then how do you deal with the offset and all of those kinds of things? How, and we, we talked about this when we were in Las Vegas, where someone asked us in our all day workshop, like, how do you deal with, with knowing what the time zone is and things of that nature? And one of the, one of the answers that I gave, that they sort of looked at me funny and went, why didn't I think of that? Was very specifically put something in text on the page that says, yep. this is an UTC time. Yep. And you can even put in the, the offsets of central time minus blah, okay? yep. Pacific time minus blah, jump, you know, time, time in Copenhagen minus blah, CET, whatever, you know, for, for those report people who are looking at it. Or you create multiple versions, and that just becomes harder to deal with. So it's always a good idea to have UTC versions, at the very least, of your date and time uh, columns for all kinds of reasons. And this is one of them. Anyway, that's yep. a total sidetrack. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, that's it, though. From a reporting, reporting perspective, yeah. there's yep. nothing else here. Well, I mean, they're all still recovering from the new color. So <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, I met with that team yesterday. Did you? Yeah, they're, they're recovered. Oh, okay. They're, doing, they're off doing amazing stuff already. Looking oh, 2023, good. man, it's going to be cool. I have no doubt. I, I wonder if a lot of that has to do with web. But anyway, that's a guess, by the way, folks. That's <laughs> well, not me it's leading. A pretty, it's a pretty informed guess because we pretty much come out and said that's where we're focusing a lot. Yeah, exactly. So but let's move on to the modeling section here, John, uh, making it easier to do comparison calculations. And right out of the gates, you know, the, the first thing when I when I think about these things is date and time, right? Like we just yeah. talked about. But that's not what this is. Yeah, we've already got functions to do a lot of that, like sliding time calculations, etc. This is basically, you know, relative well, positioning value. So if you ever in DAX want to do a calculation and compare it to a number that's somewhere else in your data table and you want to well, basically, you want to do that comparison. It's the DAX hasn't been easy, so these there's some new functions in DAX that are going to make that a lot easier. In index, offset, and window, mm -hmm. and both index and offset retrieves a specific row. That's one. The, the first one's going to be absolute, so you're basically saying this row. I need the number for this row, and so you're going to use whatever number you get back from that to um, compare to whatever is current. The other one is an offset, so you can basically say go back two rows, which is really handy, right? If you wanted to have a running average or so, something like that, that that's pretty useful. And a uh, the window uh, retrieves a set of rows that um, that can be either absolute or relative that you can use to run an aggregate function against and, com and compare it to your, you know, whatever your current aggregate function is. So, you know, that's where 
you look at like a sliding window comparison. So that's sort of a thing. But uh, again, for other sorts of uh, measures than date and time. Yeah. Uh, for, for date and time, we already have stuff that can do this type of thing. But th- this is, uh, again, not date and time. And, and instead looking at data. In, inside of uh, inside of it, so I think this is really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing opportunities. This absolutely, absolutely, and there's some uh, there's some examples of how this work in the blog post. I I direct you at it. I'm not the world's best DAX person. I I I, I can spell it and I can do some basic functions, but uh, <laughs> but if you're if you're particularly interested in this, I have had occasion to use a, a function like this. However, in the in the in the past, when you want to go and say, how is this compared to? Well, here's tweets, right? I wanted I might want to compare one event to a previous event live mm-hmm. on a on a on a on a screen, so I'd be able to uh, use this to go back and get additional tweet value, something like that, right? You know, how many? What was the sentiment? That sort of that that sort of thing. So that'd be good. comparing it not to times, but to events, the uh, discrete events. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So there are two helper functions here, order by and partition by as well. Anything else you wanted to drill into here, John? No, not not specifically. I mean, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Right, there's some really good detail in the documentation here. We don't, exactly. We're, we're not we're not going to drain the post for that. I, this is this is very detailed and, and gives lots of examples, including links to every bit of the documentation that's out there. So highly recommend you go off and take a look at that if this is of interest. In the data connectivity and preparation section, there are a bunch of connector updates here. A whole bunch um, of them, yep. Yeah, so Anaplan, Azure Databricks, and Databricks, C Data Connect Cloud, Cosmos DB V2 has a, you know, so the, those last two have new connectors, C Data Connect Cloud and Cosmos DB V2 both have brand new connectors. Dremio Cloud has a connector update, and Google BigQuery using Azure AD has a new connector. It's interesting, right? It, it can use, uh, it's using single sign-on with Azure Active Directory, and it's a Google service, so I think that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. No complaints on from my from my part on that. You know, mm-hmm. get data from wherever it lives and be able to visualize it in Power BI. Uh, that's right. In a more secure manner. What's the complaint about? So. Exactly. Exactly. All right, and John. Before we move on, let's go ahead and take a break and let's hear yeah. from our sponsors. It's a good opportunity to stick that in before we move on. Perfect. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. And that takes us into the service. That's it for desktop. And one of the, the first one, I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started. Why is this an announcement? I think we figured it out finally. Yeah. So recently we saw in preview the Power BI organization apps, right? Those are those are the apps you create within the service versus template apps. I think that's why they're making that distinction here. Got the ability to support multiple audiences, so you could control what people saw, what different people saw within the within the same app. Great feature. I mean, it, it was a really an overhaul of the way apps work internally. And this announcement is the fact that multiple audiences will be generally available next year. Which I kind of feels like it's a really far way off, John. Yeah, it's th- it's not even three weeks away, Jace. So you know. Yeah. I- 
<laughs> just, I'm just kind of, because it doesn't say when next year. No, it does not. And I have that, no idea. That's, that's kind of fun. But, you know, it's one of those things where for folks who are wondering, were we going to ship it GA this year? Obviously, no, we're not. However, it is planned for next year. You know, something that's announced in August. And oftentimes it's a it's at least a six month window that we've seen, right? For something that goes, you know, public preview before. You know, I don't think we've seen anything that's gone. I'm trying to think of this, anything that went GA in less than six months. Yeah, that's true. Things tend to stay in preview for a while. So you know, there's a reason why we put things in preview. It's that way we get, you know, good feedback, telemetry, all of that type of stuff before we push it into uh into GA. And some th- some things take even longer, you know, because they they haven't gotten approved for accessibility or whatever it is. That that preview flag, if you remember the you know, we, we used to harp on it. The yeah. the SharePoint web part, uh the modern web part, yes. that, that thing was that thing was public preview for Three years, years, three years. And that was being held up on because of accessibility. Accessibility. They they had not gotten certified um, for that. So the feature itself is fairly well received. I mean, the the multiple audiences, it's uh, been quite well received so far. Yeah, it's working great. Uh, You know, I heard heard nothing but positivity out of it. Obviously, lots of people who want more from it. But, you know, again, it's public public preview. It's a, a, you know, initial offering of of it. So a good feature, frankly. So, yeah. So, John, the next thing here, is announcing the deprecation of get started and the expanded view of power bi of the power bi service yeah and uh, really all it is is the fact that uh, in the power bi service when you first pop in you get started it's a little chunk of functionality that you could go and go learn more and get you know basically get started and uh i think the team found out that nobody was using it so they're just going to take it out of that uh they're going to in just fact free it's up exactly that real called estate. out due to low usage from power yeah. bi users yeah. support for getting started section will be removed and no longer be available uh, to access the content above through this area the retirement sure. of getting started section will open power bi service ex- expanded view homepage to new additions in the future so yeah so they're not pulling it out of the service they're just pulling it off that first page there so and have no fear the content itself is still going to be available in the service it's just not going to be in your face every time you start up the product yeah it was a little stale and static so i feel like this is uh this, this is a a good choice to move yep Yep, totally agree. And that takes us to something that is a pretty big deal, something that is kind of going away, but I kind of celebrate it's going away. It's something that's been with us since, you know, the first launch of the Power BI service in 2015, which is that get data button in the bottom left hand corner. It's going to go away come sometime in January. It's going to start to roll out during the month of January. And what does that really mean? I mean, we joke an awful lot at our uh, at our tutorials because we do go through this. When you pop up the get data button, you get these four big squares, my organization, services, files, and databases. And essentially, they're big ads for Power BI Desktop. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you go into <laughs> there used to be more. Uh, like, weren't yeah. there six at one point? Uh, and of those I, six, only two did something. Yeah, there's stuff. And I mean, you can, you know, go to my organization. It'll take you to organizational apps, which is, there's another way to do that. Services. Okay. That's template apps. Well, they both come from the app. So it all got paired, paired down. You were able to connect to analysis services on, on prem at one point through this, uh, this, this approach. But really the only, and if you pick databases, it's going to tell you to download Power BI desktop. The only real thing you, you can continue to use it for is to either upload files from your local sources or connect to files in SharePoint and OneDrive. 
And it's actually kind of confusing because if you're working with Excel files, you have the choice and you really have to understand what's going on. And, and in our tutorial, we actually call that out. We want to make pe make sure people understand what, what the difference between those two are. So this is all going away and it's going to be replaced by a couple of areas. It, 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 there's a new, you can see it today in, in the upload section, you can upload PBIX files. It's one way to get PBIX files in the services, but more commonly Excel files and CSV files. When you upload I should say, sorry, I should say just Excel files because it really only pertains to Excel files and also RDLs if you're if you're dealing with paginated reports. Yes. Uh, if you upload the Excel file into the service, you're effectively connecting to that file. So when you open it up, it looks like it's a report. It's an Excel-style report. It uses Excel online to render that report. It's just done in through the Power BI interface. And the nice thing is you can actually set up a refresh if that Excel file has a data set in it, you know, Power Pivot data set. Okay. And now there's this other section where you can create a new data set and you've, you've been able to do that now for a little time from Excel. Well, now you're also going to be able to do it from CSV. So now all of that capability, which is the one thing that CSV is the, the one thing uh, we haven't been able to do with the introduction of the new upload button. So when that, with that there, we can, I think, confidently get rid of that get data button and hopefully eliminate some of that confusion because those you know those two concerns one says create data set oh i know exactly what i'm doing when i create a data set from an excel file versus upload an excel file and just work with it i i i applaud it i think it's i don't know if it's overdue but it's uh, it's been a long time coming let's put it that way i agree nothing to add to that john other was than I ranting? Just, no it's great <laughs> you, did, you know you said it all perfectly in my view the one thing i will add is just a, a reminder this is going to be something that's slowly changing in the service rolling out to to different groups at different times as uh, as our trains run in the January timeframe after the holiday break. So if you don't see this change right away, don't fret. By the end of January, it, will, it should be out to everybody. And uh, if not, just wait longer. The next section... <laughs> we're going to have to change our, our, our tutorial content a little bit. Well, you know, we, we do update it every single time. John, That's we're going to have to go through... Uh, the, the one thing we have to do is go through and make sure that everything is teal now. Oh, oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the next time we're going to do the tutorial isn't until May, so we have a little bit of time. I have some time. That's true. there's probably some new content that'll go in there between now and then as well. So I have Got a it. funny feeling it'll be worthy of uh, of a refresh of the entirety of the deck, but it'll be it'll still be fun. I we do mostly demo anyway, John. So that's true. that's that's the easy that's part. True. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. Next. We have the mobile section, which is track your metrics on the Windows app. Here's my question. That doesn't seem mobile to me. I don't know that this... Is well, the, the Windows section. app is considered a mobile feature, so... but okay. I guess you yeah, can that's, walk that's around with your laptop, John, but yeah. last time I checked, mobile meant the mobile app yeah. in either the Android store or the yeah. iPhone store, the Apple store, so... Yeah, because this feature does pertain specifically to the Power BI app that you get through the Microsoft store on Windows 10 or 11. Yeah, and it's called Power, Power BI. BI. Yeah. 
I, we expect that'll change at some point. Okay. Yeah, so well, <laughs> I, I would imagine. I uh, know because because you guys are so good at naming things. It's just hey, awesome. <laughs> we, we, we have our skills, man. We have our skills. <laughs> All right. The developer section here, dynamically setting data chunk size uh, yep. through the API is now available, as well as, uh, you know, I guess they just released uh, 5.2. And there's a whole link to, to the API version 5.2 here for, with, with, for an article that uh, just came out. Actually, it came out yesterday, which is when this came out. Is basically this is saying there's a way to to get around some of the hard limits of the data chunk. Yeah, basically yeah, optimize go, go take a how, how data streams down. But that's what that that's about it. Yep. Yeah. So John, all, are you ready to do this all in one breath? A running down of all of the new visuals in AppSource? No. No. Uh, but there's a lot of them. Right ahead. There's a lot go, of them. Go, go take free. a look at the list. Go see. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we're not going to list of all the different ones. So if if you're really tweaked by that, sorry. There's one last thing here is an update or, uh, update on the Charticulator status, John? Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. So Charticulator up until now has been... So Charticular is is kind of a... let's uh, Let me call it this and you can yell at me later. It's a yeah. low-code way to build a custom visual. Does that sound about... Yeah, that's the that's its point, I think, anyway. Yeah. So I, uh, the, the way that I would describe it is it's the way around being able to create your own custom visuals and having to get them certified. Right. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Because when in my previous world we didn't allow in in multiple yeah. previous worlds we didn't allow custom visuals, yeah. right? Because they you know you, you just never know. This is a first party visual that allows yeah. you to run custom visuals and create custom visuals inside a container. Yeah. That is certified and approved, and so you can yeah. get by and get around a lot of those types of things because you could do whatever you wanted inside of Charticulator. That was yeah. what was created, and now so it was created by Microsoft Research Research. Research, yeah, and they're they're washing their hands from of it. Basically, they're done with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, research, you know, to their credit, does a great job of creation, sure. but now it's time for it to live with the with the team that. Exactly. It was created for. And so, yeah, it's, be, it's being transitioned over to the Power BI team for ownership. Kind of where it, being, where, where it makes sense for it to be. So that's it. And that's it for this month. Well, hang on, John. Let's, oh, let, oh, let, oh, let's, oh, call, oh. It, let's call it out specifically because let, let, let's be a little transparent with this. When it moves from, from research into the Power BI team, we're taking over care and, and, and maintenance of it. But of there's not any additional, there's no future development being planned at this particular moment. Everything's on hold from that perspective. But we are going to continue uh, to, maintain to maintain it, it. and fix yep. any major bugs that come up and maintain the quality of, of the Charticulator as it stands today. But currently, there's not any plans to advance it. That doesn't mean there aren't in the future. It's just being put on hold. Got but it. just uh, just from transparency's perspective, perspective, I think it's worthy of calling out because it's called Perfect. out here in the blog post. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then I guess with that, I think that brings us to the end of uh, end of the announcements for the month. I think so, John. Um, you know, there's uh, an ask here at the bottom to go off and rate Power BI Desktop <laughs> in the store and vote on things in the community website, but most importantly. Ideas.powerbi.com, John. Yep. Voting, voting for things, and in that, if you have time over the break, and yeah, you have asks, and you know, what is your holiday wish for the Power BI team in 2023? Go off and find it in Ideas.powerbi.com. If it doesn't exist, go off, 
and write it up yourself and submit it and then put it out there in the socials, whichever social platform you like these days vote um, and get people to vote for it. Because yeah. that is what we do. We go off and we look at those to decide what needs to be done. So please go off and, and write, write things up in ideas.powerbi.com. Vote for things at ideas.powerbi.com. And just one more time, ideas.powerbi.com, John. Was it ideas.powerbi.com? You were trying so. to get the idea across? Okay. <laughs> we, we got some, some feedback in, in a session recently. Did I say that quite a lot? And John's been harping on it <laughs> over the course of the two weeks we were out. Because it's true. <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. All right, buddy. I am looking forward to our next couple of episodes. They're, they're always the most fun for me because it's just off the cuff <laughs> recapping where we've been. And, uh, you know, we hope that you enjoy this as much as we do. And I look forward to, uh, to chat with you again, John. You know it, man. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 